Hi, this is Sedge Thompson. Welcome to this special audio highlights podcast from West Coast Live. For more information about our shows and other guests and podcasts, wcl.org. My next guest here on West Coast Live actually is a husband and wife who run Cafe Gratitude, two locations in the city, and they also have put out a personal logbook about being grateful in the world, an unfamiliar view of being abundance. Mm. What is being abundance? We'll find out. Will you please welcome Matthew and Tersus Engelhardt to West Coast Live. Good to see you. Tersey, Matthew, thank you very much for coming in on uh, West Coast Live. Great. Thanks for having us. So uh, did you write in your journal something you were grateful for today? Um, let's see. I didn't write it in my journal, but I thought about it. What did you think about it? I'm grateful for West Coast Live. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> and Matthew, how about you? For the, uh, her voice, uh, that woman who sang that beautiful ballad, her voice was amazing. Yeah. So uh, the two of you have uh, had sort of variegated experiences so that you've uh, found one another, and you run... Of these uh, establishments where you you cook food for people and you have a variety of people come in, uh, but one of the and you've created a board game about how to be grateful. Uh, rumor has it that that you may be financially well off, but but who knows? But maybe it doesn't matter because what you find is that there are other things in the world that make. Uh, well, I don't know what. So what is being abundance? Um, so being abundance is consciously reverent reverently receiving what you've already been given what you have now and then seeing what shows up like not chasing some life out there but really relishing the one you and cherishing the one you have as an experiment and seeing like what kind of life that is as opposed to chasing a carrot or trying to get somewhere or hoarding or manipulating or yeah striving and were you at one time a striver oh yeah <laughs> so what, what made the change? And, and I am now, I just notice it more often and then switch my attention to um, being, being present to all I have. There's a story that you tell in your book of uh, a man who came in and admired a, a cup of Earl Grey tea. I thought it was quite moving. So um, I'm guessing you want me to tell the story. Yeah, right? nice. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, great. So um, we opened a Cafe Gratitude in the Mission District in San Francisco, and there was a, a man that came in one day, and all of the items on the menu have uh, uh, affirmations as uh, the title of the item. And so he came in, and he actually ordered it off of the menu as, I'd like to have an I Am Open, which is a cup of this organic girl gray tea. And, uh, you know, I just acknowledged him, and he got this cup of tea, and he paid for it, and it's not inexpensive, and he put the change in the tip jar, and then he sat down, and I watched him just holding this cup of tea, and I thought, this is what we're really all about, like, an opportunity for people to really appreciate what they have, and he was a little, you know, tattered looking, and uh, I was actually teary-eyed, just realizing like all we'd put into opening this cafe and then getting to watch someone really appreciate what we were all about. And uh, that night we were packing up the, we have warm rice and quinoa and at the end of the night we pack it up and we feed it to people who are living on the streets. And we were driving home and we stopped by this cart with this person sleeping and we had a box of quinoa and we went to put it down and the man set up and I realized, whoa, that was the man who 
had come into the cafe and had the cup of Earl Grey tea. And I realized, like, for me, that's what being abundance is, is trusting that you'll always be provided for. And here was a gentleman who was living on the streets, but he'd put money in the tip jar. I was moved by that. The, the book has these, these stories in it, but it's also a, a workbook, a, a logbook. And, um, and there are a number of, of, of illustrations. And, and I just want to sort of, uh, there's these exercises, for instance, uh, where you try to start off to learn how to be uh, grateful. Uh, exploration. Uh, what is an inherited belief you have about money that inhibits your experience of abundance? That's an exercise to go through and think about. So when you started, what was your exercise? Well, I grew up in a, <clears throat> both my parents were professors, and um, money wasn't important in my, the household that I grew up in. And so um, I never, it was, Actually, money was more than not important. It wasn't. It was bad. Like education was more important, and family was more important. But money, anything to do with business and money, was mm, below that. So one of the inherited um, and I inherited beliefs about money I had to give up was that money was bad, and it's bad, money's not bad, nor is it good. It's neutral. It's actually what we what we put on it that um, that has our experience of money. So. For me, money is just a symbol of really life, which is life is an abundant experience, and money is just a symbol of that. Just like a hug is a symbol of love. It's not love. It's just a symbol of it, or a kiss. I remember a, a high school play I was in. I played a preacher uh, who was trying to inveigle the audience, and, and, and the line of the play, a French existential playwright, remember, money is not... Uh, evil itself? Oh, how did it go? I've forgotten it already. Uh, anyway, I'll come back to it. But the idea was, uh, 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 we'll move on here. Okay. Um, so then part of the exercise is, is being uh, grateful. And you say, did I acknowledge and thank a spirit word and an abundance word? So what is a spirit word? What's an abundance word in your... Um, so in playing the game and in the workbook, we have people take on a, a, a spirit name for themselves. So a spirit word is some word that you identify with that is bigger than yourself. It could be love or the universe or mana or God or kindness, some, some quality of life that's bigger and beyond you, this bag of bones, this skin bag. And an abundance word is a, a word that... Um, for you means like just plenty and overflowing and plethora. So uh, my spirit abundance name is Love Being Present Matthew. LBP Matthew. <laughs> and that's on your door of your office. Oh, it, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> and what, what about uh, your uh, inherited belief about money you had to move beyond? So I think um, my inherited belief was it's better to give than to receive. And so you had to change that and say it was okay to receive? Yeah, for me, um, it was difficult to receive, and because I believed it was better to give, and then I had an opportunity really in working through and creating this book and game with Matthew to see that if I'm always giving, I'm actually ripping other people off of contributing to me, and so if I could actually practice receiving, I give other people an opportunity to be a giver. And I really have taken on the belief now that giving and receiving are really one and the same. It's keeping, you know, the, the oneness between us, keeping us in um, circulation. 
How has uh, running the Cafe Gratitude changed your life from the time you started? <laughs> How has it changed our lives? Well, it's a full-time job. <laughs> and um, uh, how it's changed my life is, you know, we're over 100 employees now because we're getting ready to open the Berkeley store next week. And um, so for me, I before Matthew and I got married, I was a single parent with three children for 13 years. And I have a bigger life now than I've ever had. We have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in our community and really Matthews and my job is supporting people in developing and practicing this view of life as a possibility so um, I get to be a lot bigger than I ever thought I was. And Matthew for you? Yeah it's a constant surrender. Surrender? Yeah like surrendering to the business, surrendering to um, being there for hundreds of people and people want a piece of you and people want to uh, some coaching or people want to complain or people want a, uh, a paycheck or whatever. There's just so holding space. So surrendering my personal wants and desires and beliefs to the community. Yeah, I feel like my life is surrendered to a community now. So is that part of your written out business plan? <laughs> um, yeah, we really didn't, never had a business plan except that when Teresa and I got together about five years ago, we said, let's try this experiment. Let's live, let's surrender our lives to ser service and see what shows up. And the first inspiration we received was to design this board game. And then out of the b board game actually invented the restaurant. So yeah, it's just this, like every day feels like an unknown experiment, just kind of like stepping off the edge, stepping off the edge. So it's scary and exciting. So when you first uh, uh, have heard from people who've played this board game, have other people taken profound changes in their life? Yeah, all, all the time we hear about it. People calling their father that they hadn't talked to in eight years or people uh, uh, ask, making a request of their significant other that they quit their job so they can start their own job and be supported. Um, all kind, lots of miracles we hear about. And, and you still need, people need money to do many things, but not everything. Hmm. Tell me a little bit more about what you're asking. Well, I mean, you have to, you have to pay employees. People need to right. come in and, and, and give money to pay for the, the food and drink that you, you sell. That, in turn, gets passed on to right. employees. They get passed on into taxes, which right. help infrastructure. I mean, there's this circle that goes on by being in business, which is probably an idea that was different than your parents would have immediately seen. Yeah, it is. And that's, that's one of the cool things about this experiment, which we call sacred commerce, because we're eliciting the sacred, the oneness, the wholeness in life, and it's very grounded in a day-to-day -day business. So it's not airy-fairy. I mean, it may seem airy-fairy, but we, you know, we have a $100,000 payroll a month. There's nothing airy-fairy about that. We're, we have to produce a result, but our result, the result we're trying to, we are producing is its foundation is in um, being grateful. There's, a, uh, there's an illustration in this book that's quite striking. When you initially look at it, it's a, it's a young boy uh, leaping off of a rope that he's mm -hmm. been swinging on to leap into a pond. And, and you see other kids playing around. And you, you look at it, and, and then you realize that either congenitally or through an accident, he's missing part of his right arm. And the, the point you're making with this is... That... What's possible in life when we really accept what is? Like, we don't resist. We don't resist our bodies. We don't resist our parents. We don't resist our government. Like, really, 
what's possible, what shows up like an experiment when we just fully embrace life just the way it is and just the way it isn't. What does the image tell you? Um, for me, that particular image is about how children have such a bigger capacity for really accepting what is in life. And as we grow, we become more opinionated. And it's really an opportunity for us to get present to really what's possible when we do love and accept each other and life just the way it is. Not like being resigned, but actually accepting so that you're actually in a place of power and then able to contribute something to life. One of the uh, uh, day 16, for instance, in this uh, program that you have, uh, laughter. You have a checkbox. It says, I laughed out loud for one minute today. Now, is that a cumulative minute or a, a single? <laughs> no, that's one minute every day. One yeah, minute. yeah. And in the game, there's a laughing store. You land on it, and all the players of the game laugh for one minute. And, and the point of that is, is that, that there's two ways to live life, well, let's just say. One is that you respond to what's going on out here or one that you generate your experience. And so laughing for no reason is an opportunity to practice just being happy for no reason, laughing for no reason, being grateful for no reason. So it's just a, 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 it's developing a muscle in your, the source of your experience. Well, we have two minutes left in this interview. Why don't we all try laughing for one minute, okay? All right, so Ron, will you time us? Okay? All right, let's all try laughing. Fully laughing. Fully. Okay. Yeah, Will you lead us in this? Okay. Okay. Here we go. Mike. No, you, you were busy at yeah, the same time. <laughs> well, now I can check this box off. As was, <laughs> Andrew, that again, and you, and you, and the, and the days uh, uh, proceed. Um, well, that was uh, that was exhilarating. It is actually, and it's it's interesting if you all you know who took that on notice, like where you get stopped. You know, children can spontaneously laugh very easily, and then we somehow learn to stifle that, and it's really great. It actually opens you up. It's good for your body, it's good for your circulatory system, your lymphatic system, and um, it has you actually be more present. It's a great exercise. And then uh, part of uh, being grateful here, it says, uh, I, I'm thankful for uh, uh, money, credit cards, plants, fishermen, shopkeepers, cooks, natural gas, truck drivers, and so forth, for participating in every meal and every product I used today. This day I'm acknowledging clothing. So, I mean, and, I mean you're talking also about the, the role of you know, sort of the, the I, I suppose, the spiritual and, and monetary economy that keeps things going. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> see, every time we share dollars, we're participating in thousands of lives. You know, like, 
I say, let's say I pay my Verizon phone bill today, right? And my Verizon dividend, there's a little old lady in central Florida with blue hair who gets a dividend check. And she goes out and buys a rain stick from uh, some people in central Mexico for her niece. He buys a rain stick that she sends to him. And the people in those, that wa those watchful people in central Mexico buy a water pump with that rain stick money. And the software that that water pump company uses was designed by a friend of your, mine who lives in San Jose who took me out to dinner last night. It's all one big cycle. And we're connect money connects us to all of it. So how do you explain something like Enron? Yeah. <laughs> And that, okay. and that little blue-haired lady. Okay, well, that's a great question. So Enron would be really, where are we all withholding? Where are we all being stingy? Where are we all buying into the greed? Where are we buying into there's not enough? Enron's just a reflection of where all of us are holding out and not trusting and not really being in the flow of life and trying to keep it all safe and together and squirreling it away for some day instead of just like... Using the, having the community be our, um, our uh, safety net. Mm -hmm. And uh, when, you have when you have people come into the Cafe Gratitude, do they uh, talk about money with you? Yes, they do. Uh -huh. And particularly if they play the game, we have the cards from the game on every table, and people will pull a card. And uh, lots of our servers are all uh, requested to ask questions of our customers, like, what are you grateful for? Or what would you like to be acknowledged for? And there is an opportunity for people to talk about money. Yep. And do you find that some people are reluctant or open about talking about money? Mostly reluctant. I, yeah. Before the show started, I heard you, and it's something we say in our workshop, that people are now freer to talk about sex than they are money. And uh, it's really an opportunity for people to actually start to break open and be freer about Why do, why do you think that is? Um, because I think mostly in the world of money, people aren't feeling very empowered and and they're a little shy or afraid, or they feel like if they say they have money, there's going to be some responsibility put placed on them, like they have to take care of other people. And if they feel they don't have money, then they feel like they're somehow less than other people. Like money is somehow a measure of who you are. I, you know, some people often make the mistake of you know, equating their uh, self-worth with their net worth. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That people think that how much money they have actually is saying something about themselves. As opposed to like who they are really is a incredible, amazing human being, and money is just a vehicle for being able to share and contribute and be contributed to. Tercy Engelhardt and uh, Matthew Engelhardt, have you had a chance to uh, to speak with your uh, parents about your feeling about money <laughs> business? It's a great question. Um, so when we to first designed the game, my parents are also atheists. And so when we first designed the game, we drove across the country and we tested it on all kinds of people. And we finally got to Maine, where my parents live, and we got the game out. And it said, pick a, pick a spirit word and pick an abundance word. And I was a little nervous. Oh, my mother, what's my mother going to And she just put kindness, and my father put love. And, and they were totally into it. And they, they love the cafe, and they love what we're up to. Yeah. The other thing, too, is um, Matthew's father edited the book. So, you know, he's an English professor, and it was really wonderful to kind of bring him in in that way. And sometimes he, in editing the book and trying to have it read correctly in correct English, it changed the meaning of what we were trying to say. So one of the things that we've realized is we don't really have a language for abundance. We actually speak in a language of scarcity. And it took something, and it was really great for him and great for us to look at how could we write and have it be good English but really say what we wanted to say. Well, that was, you know, that's what's 
stopped me when I was reading your subtitle here, an unfamiliar view of being abundance. And because I thought it would, it, it would say being abundant, but actually the operative word there is being. Yeah. Yeah, and being in, in our in our version of it, not the truth, but our version, is that being is what we think, what we speak, our thoughts, our speech, our beliefs, our actions, and our attitudes. We say if we if we hold abundance in our thoughts, our speech, our beliefs, our actions, and our attitudes, we will experience the unceasing flow of supply in our lives. And, well, that, and that's the experiment. Thank you very much, both of you, uh, Matthew and Tercy Englehart. I look forward to seeing you at your cafe. The book is called The Abounding River, personal logbook. They've also got games, and you can find out more about them in that their website called withthecurrent.com. So thank you both very much. Thank you very much. This is Sedge Thompson. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Try out others from West Coast Live right here, and we look forward to having you in one of our audiences one day. For more information, wcl.org.